0: History, apologetics and
1: current events from the housetops coming up next The church gives us today another subject for our meditation. It is the vocation of Abraham. When the waters of the deluge had subsided and mankind had once more peopled the earth the immorality which had previously excited God's anger again grew rife among men. Idolatry too now showed itself, and human weakness seemed thus to have reached the height of its malice. Foreseeing that the nations of the earth would fall into rebellion against him, God resolved to select one people that should be specially his, and among whom should be preserved those sacred truths of which the Gentiles were to lose sight. This new people was to originate from one man, who would be the father and model of all future believers. This was Abraham. His faith and devotedness merited for him that he should be chosen to be the father of the children of God, and the head of that spiritual family, to which belong all the elect of both the Old and the New Testament. It is therefore necessary that we should know Abraham, our father and our model. This is his grand characteristic—fidelity to God, submissiveness to his commands, abandonment and sacrifice of everything in order to obey his holy will. Such ought to be the prominent virtues of every Christian. Let us then study the life of our great patriarch and learn the lessons it teaches. The following passage is from the book of Genesis. And the Lord said to Abram, Go forth out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and out of thy father's house, and come into the land which I shall show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and magnify thy name, and thou shalt be blessed. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the kindred of the earth be blessed. So Abram went out as the Lord had commanded him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he went forth from Haran. And he took Sarah his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all the substance which they had gathered, and the souls which they had gotten in Haran. And they went out to go into the land of Canaan. And when they were come into it, Abraham passed through the country into the place of Sikkim, as far as the noble vale. Now the Canaanite was at that time in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram, and said to him, To thy seed will I give this land. And he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And passing on from thence to a mountain, that was on the east side of Bethel, he there pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west. And high on the east. He built there also an altar to the Lord and called upon his name. Could the Christian have a finer model than this in the Holy Patriarch, whose docility and devotedness in following the call of his God are so perfect? When the fullness of time came, the Son of God, who was also Son of Abraham, declared his eternal Father's power by saying that he was about to raise up a new progeny of Abraham's children from the very stones, that is, from the Gentiles. We Christians are this new generation. If, therefore, we be children of Abraham, we must, as the Church tells us, look upon ourselves as exiles on the earth and dwell by hope and desire in that true country of ours, from which we are now banished, but towards which we are each day drawing closer. We are commanded to use this world as though we used it not to have an abiding conviction of our not having here a lasting city, and of the misery and danger we incur when we forget that death is one day to separate us from everything we possess in this life. How far from being true children of Abraham are those Christians who spend this time before Lent in intemperance and dissipation? Oh, that Christians would stand on their guard against such delusions as these, and gain that holy liberty of children of God, which consists not in being slaves to flesh and blood and preserves man from moral degradation. In the gospel, our Savior foretells to his apostles the sufferings he was to undergo in Jerusalem. This solemn announcement prepares us for Passion Tide. We ought to receive it with feeling and grateful hearts and make it an additional motive for imitating the devoted Abraham and giving our whole selves to God. The ancient liturgists tell us that the blind man of Jericho, spoken of in this same gospel, is a figure of those poor sinners who, during these days, are blind to their Christian character and rush into excesses, which even paganism would have coveted. The blind man recovered his sight because he was aware of his wretched state and desired to be cured and to see. The Church wishes us to have a like desire, and she promises us that it shall be granted.
2: From the Housetops Radio features the same Catholic doctrine, spirituality, church history, and apologetics published for over 40 years in From the Housetops magazine. This program, dedicated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, promotes her cause in the age-old conflict with the powers of darkness. From the Housetops on WQPH. FM Lent begins with the imposition of ashes, to place before us the thought of death. Remember, thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. As we advance through this holy season, we need to frequently recall these words and submit to the sentence pronounced on us through Adam, We all will one day die. Lent reminds us to offer ourselves to the sovereign Lord of life and death, to accept the time and circumstances of our passing from this world to eternity. The Church has us begin Lent with the thought of death because she knows that this is a sure means of conversion from sin and of encouragement to the practice of virtues and practices of penance. Who indeed can think seriously of death and not keep himself always in a state of readiness to appear before God, and not watch over his words and his actions, who indeed can think seriously of death and not mortify himself, expiate his past faults, and satisfy divine justice, who indeed can think seriously of death and not multiply good works and increase merits, not detach himself from everything which will last for so short a time, With Saint Bernard we should say to ourselves, if I were to die after this confession, how should I perform it? After this reception of Holy Communion, how should I dispose myself for it? After this conversation, how should I speak? At the end of this week or this month, how should I spend the time? Let us beg of God to enable us to rightly understand this great lesson of death and to make resolutions to pass this Lent in a holy manner. After all, this could be our last Lent.
0: When we are in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, we do not take sufficient account of what it cost our Lord to descend so low. He was obliged to leave the bosom of his Father, where he was in God, to come down to earth and not to be received here, to take refuge in a stable and to escape death only by flight. He was obliged after thirty years of a laborious and hidden life, after three years employed in evangelizing the people and doing them good, and receiving in return calumnies, outrages, ignominy, and death, to survive by the institution of the Eucharist, in order to remain in the midst of the men who had treated him so unworthily. And from that time, O miracle of love, what horrors has he not been obliged to submit to! The very first time that he celebrated the Eucharist, He was buried alive, in company of the devil, in a stained conscience, in the soul of Judas. Since then, to what profanations, to what indignities has he not been subjected? The heretic denies him, the bad Christian is wanting in respect, the impious man blasphemes him. O Lord, how dearly thy love costs thee! Take thy flight once more to heaven, and free thyself from so many outrages. No, I will not, I love mankind too much to separate myself from them. Rather than deprive one single soul of the happiness of receiving and possessing me, I will submit to all kinds of ingratitude and all kinds of profanations. And so he traverses the ages, always and everywhere disowned, except by a small number of souls who know how to appreciate his love. All along the road he is unworthily treated, sometimes left desolate in the solitude of the tabernacles sometimes despised and insulted. Finally, he reaches our heart in Holy Communion, laden with centuries of profanations. It was the object to which all his desires tended. He has attained it. He is in us. He is ours. He is content. The more he has suffered on the road, the more love he shows us. It is all that he desired. O love, how incomprehensible thou art! O love, can we ever appreciate Thee as Thou deserves? Can we ever thank Thee, ever love Thee enough? We ought to be profoundly touched by the outrages committed against so loving a God, above all by those which He receives during days of reparation and expiation. David and Jeremias are melted to tears, fall down fainting, and are parched with grief at the sight of the sins of the ancient people. How would they feel if they could but witness the far more guilty sins of the new people? St. Teresa could not think of them without giving vent to cries of sorrow and of desolation. Independently of irreverences and profanations, the simple fact of the manner in which the tabernacles were forsaken seemed to distract her. She gathered her nuns together and exclaimed to them, My sisters, love is not loved. Let us love the love which is not loved. All the saints have felt the same grief at seeing the love of Jesus in the Eucharist, scorned by the ingratitude of men, and each time they had tidings of a profanation, it was as though a sword had pierced their soul. We must make reparation for all these evils by fervent, honorable amends to the Blessed Sacrament, offer it in expiation of all our reverence, all the homage of the angels and the saints, all our actions and our life itself, Protest that it would be a happiness to us to shed our blood to spare it the least offense or to repair it. And finally, live today in a more holy manner than usual. Visit the Blessed Sacrament with more love. Communicate henceforth with more fervor. Assist at the holy sacrifice more piously and more frequently.
3: Hello, this is Barbara McWiggin. I just want to ask you to please support the great work of WQPH, Shirley Fitchburg.
4: On the WQPH Community Calendar.
5: In 2023, we're expecting to have Tour 2 of the Holy Face Relic with Vicki Schreiner. As you know, she came here last year. We had five really major miracles happen. She's hoping to come in Lent. So if you want to be on the committee or maybe have her come to your church, we'd like to send her to different churches this time. Call us at Nine seven eight three four three zero eight nine three, And say, I'd like to have Vicki come to our parish But I'm going to ask my priest first If he'd like us to come Also, we have coming up in Lent 40 hours, which is 40 continuous hours Of Eucharistic adoration We also have a pilgrimage this year 2023 going to Canton, Ohio. That is the shrine of Rhoda Wise and Mother Angelica. And we ask you, what would you like to do? Where would you like to go? We'd like to do some day trips to Little Rose Farron. So we'll have a bus hired at a very modest price, and we can be going there and then stopping for lunch. I know some of you have some great ideas of what you would like our radio station to do. We have to be active. We have to evangelize our faith. It's our duty to help spread our Catholic faith. So if you have any suggestions of your own as to how this can be done, by all means, share them with us.
3: Hello, this is Kendra Von Esch. A lot of people ask me, why are you always so happy? No matter what happens to you, you radiate this energy that is contagious. Well, it's kind of crazy when I answer them with, you know, it's God. He gave me this joy, and it is nothing like happiness. It doesn't go away, and it's because He also graced me with faith. And I have to laugh as I watch their face and their head tilt to the side like a dog looking at you with a big question mark. It typically leads to a much longer conversation about my faith, and I welcome that with open arms. If you don't have joy radiating out of every pore, Beg God for it. Joy is the best net to catch fish. For more inspiration, my podcast, and free resources, go to Kendravonash.com.
6: On the WQPH 89.3 FM community calendar, St. Bernard's Parish at St. Camillus Church in Mechanic Street in Fitchburg is looking for adorers for their Days of Adoration. Adoration is currently Monday after the 8.30 a.m. Daily Mass, Till 7 p.m. and Tuesdays after the 8.30 mass till 4 p.m. They're also looking for adorers on Sundays that'll be running from after the 8 a.m. mass till after the 6 p.m. mass on Sundays. If you have an interest in doing adoration on either of those days or in the Sunday adorations, email us at wqph893 at comcast.net that's wqph893 at comcast.net subject line adoration this has been the wqph 89.3 fm community calendar
5: so we're here with melissa and we're talking about our lenten goals and resolutions do you have anything you'd like to share
3: yeah so here at wqph we are inviting everyone to consider being a monthly donor We're looking to at least get two donors, one for each day of Lent, is our goal. So 80 donors in total. So whatever you can give every month would be greatly appreciated. And we could add you to our Eternal Life Radio WQPH Guild. So please consider giving, especially during this time of Lent. Thanks for your consideration.
5: Thank you, Melissa. That was so well said. This is Mary Ann, and you know my voice. And really, I need to talk to you about becoming a member of the Eternal Life Radio Guild. Father Trainer once asked us to have 80 members. Needless to say, we're still reaching that goal. Our cell tower bill every month is $1,200. Please, if you are praying and discerning about whether to join as a monthly subscriber, now is the time, this time of Lent. Believe me, you will be rewarded by the good God. You can pay by credit card on a monthly basis or send a check to WQPH Radio, Post Office Box 589 medford mass post office box 589 medford mass 02155 we want to thank all the members of the guild who have been so faithful our first member was julie a lady from fitchburg julie we can never forget your dedication may you be blessed and all those who see the value of catholic
2: radio
0: Hi, this is Teresa Tamio, and you're listening to WQPH Shirley Fitchberg on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
2: Dr. Paul Lavin, a traditional Catholic psychologist, summarizes in vivid detail the challenges young Catholics must face today. In his book, Keeping the Faith, A Young Catholic's Guide to Coping with a Secular World, Dr. Lavin identifies the enemy, Satan, and his increasing influence in the world. He wrote this 66-page manual specifically for the young practicing Catholic student who will soon be leaving home and entering the world to help them avoid becoming Catholic dropouts once they enter a secular world so antagonistic to their Catholic faith. The author also suggests that keeping the faith is a perfect tool for parents and teachers in their efforts to direct and guide the young people whom God has placed under their care. You can receive a free copy of Keeping the Faith a Young Catholic's Guide to Coping with the Secular World by contacting info at That's info at s-a-i-n-t benedict, B-E-N-E-D-I-C-T dot com. We continue now our quest for happiness. The faith, as a tiny seed which is planted in the soul in baptism, is to be cultivated until it becomes strong and fruitful in our spiritual life. Faith may also be considered as a tiny spark of fire capable of bursting into a mighty flame. The spark of faith which our Lord had enkindled in the hearts of the apostles during the three years they spent with him was fanned into a flame by the Holy Spirit when he descended upon them in fiery tongues on the first Pentecost. On that occasion, 3,000 Jews were converted by St. Peter. Since then, the flame of faith has never been extinguished, It has spread relentlessly, bringing warmth, light, and joy into the cold and dark places of the world. A study of St. Paul's missionary journeys alone will help us realize how widely the faith was spread during the lifetime of the apostles. Nor can we fail to recognize the labor, trials, and dangers that faced these men in their efforts to carry the faith to others. So complete was their work that before the death of St. John about the year 98, the Christian religion was established throughout the entire Roman Empire. Over a period of 250 years, the emperors of pagan Rome tried every means in their power to extinguish the flame of faith. However, the flame of the fire shall not be quenched, Ezekiel 20:47. As a result, we find St. Patrick leaving Rome in 431 to carry the Christian religion to the Irish people. He was the first of the heroic band called the Apostles of the Nations. Others among these are Saints Remigius, Augustine, Columban, Willibrord, Boniface, and Cyril and Methodius. Heroic and saintly women also did their share, for example, Saints Clotilde and Olga. The flame swept on so that at the end of the 10th century, every country of Western Europe was enjoying the blessings that come from faith. With the discovery and settlement of America, new paths were opened to missionary zeal. Who can count the priests that left country, home, and friends, and came to this foreign land to tend the fire by continuing the evangelization of the nations? We today can look back over a glorious record of 2,000 years, a record of which all Catholics can be justly proud. Ever and again in this long period of years, the winds of heresy and schism, the storms of atheism and rationalism, the floods of immorality and vice have swept across the continents. The flame of faith has often flickered in the struggle. Sometimes it has burned very low, but never has it gone out. This heritage is ours. We must guard it well. But more than that, we must pass on the light. We must spread the faith until it covers the earth. The glorious work begun by the apostles and continued through the ages must still be carried on. Thousands of courageous men and women in our day listen when God calls them to be his special helpers in spreading the faith. They generously leave home and loved ones in order to devote themselves to the glorious work of the missions. For centuries, Europe supplied the missionaries of the world. The early history of the Church in America has been written in the achievements of missionaries from other lands. Now America is having her day. To her, the pagan nations are looking for help. They are seeking for light and America, through her missionaries, is helping them find it. Her valiant sons and daughters are writing their story in the annals of the faith. The difficulties of pagan lands do not daunt courageous American boys and girls who, possessing the light of faith themselves, are zealous to enkindle the flame in the hearts of others. Americans by nature love adventure, and when this native tendency is fired by love of God, the conquest for souls becomes a compelling task. Not everyone is called to the happiness of missionary service in foreign lands. A vocation to this life, like faith itself, is a free gift of God. He gives it to whom He will. But all are called to the apostolate. For every Catholic is called to help in the spread of the faith, if not directly, then at least indirectly. So let your light shine before men in order that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven, Matthew 5.16. In these words, our Lord has indicated clearly what He wants of us. The light to which our Lord refers is the example of a good Christian life lived in accordance with the teaching of our holy faith. Example always speaks louder than words. And if our non-Catholic friends and acquaintances see that we actually live what we believe, they will be led to respect our religion and perhaps even to inquire into it and embrace it. Another way in which we can participate in the apostolate is by explaining our faith. We must be ready to answer the questions of those who inquire. That we may be able to do so, we must know, understand, and possess the ability to explain our religion. A third and comparatively easy way to spread the faith is through Catholic literature. We have already referred to the influence literature has in the lives of those who read, Catholic books, magazines, pamphlets, and newspapers form an apostolate all their own. Most people who are prejudiced against our religion are ignorant of what it teaches. The circulation of Catholic literature does much to lessen this ignorance and to remove prejudice. By making Catholic magazines and newspapers available in public libraries, we are doing excellent work in spreading the faith. Although comparatively few of us will be called to devote our lives to missionary work, We can all help the missions and missionaries by our support, both spiritual and financial. First and foremost, the work of the missions is a spiritual endeavor. The priests and sisters engaged in it need our prayers that God may give them light, strength, and courage necessary to carry on their work. They need His blessing if their work is to succeed. Missionaries meet many hardships in their fields of labor, difficulties of language and climate strange customs food and dress to these they can as a rule accustom themselves for missionaries possess self-sacrificing hearts and have few personal needs but the wants of the different mission fields are many and varied churches church supplies vestments school buildings and equipment hospitals and medical supplies these are few of the things missionaries require This explains why it is so necessary to send money to mission countries until the church there is strong enough to support itself. Often these brave men and women are seriously handicapped in their efforts to spread the faith because financial support is lacking. This is our opportunity to help directly in spreading the faith by contributing supplies or money we have saved by acts of self-denial. If we love and appreciate our holy religion sufficiently to want others likewise to know its blessings. We shall be willing to make any sacrifice to bring them that joy. Countless opportunities for self-denial will suggest themselves. In carrying out these suggestions, we shall not only increase our own eternal merit, but we shall also contribute in a material way to the spreading of the faith.
5: produced by the slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Still River, Massachusetts.